November 15, 2020. It's the Watt for Pedro Show.
For Pedro Show, happy Sunday. Uh, yeah, we do, I do, usually don't do, but whatever. This is Quentin Quarantino mode, folks. So I'm doing five shows a week. We don't know what days of the week it's going to be. I'm just, uh, well, I got to tell you. Yeah. Uh, whoa, you can hear, you can tell I'm not totally man alone, people. <laughs> <laughs> but let me say, one reason why I do this show is to like make good on the debt. I figure, you know, deboon myself and Giorgio, the movement. If we got a chance to get heard, why shouldn't I be? If I got the opportunity, the O word, to Absolutely. let people get themselves heard, right? Okay, so uh, we started off with uh, Untitled Original 11386. Let's say it that way. Fucking what? John <laughs> Coltrane off that any which way thing that they discovered up in the attic a couple of years ago and then uh sh the shows is that a band name huh day yeah. in a fountain cup and you could hear a voice you could tell i ain't man alone people because of those fucking righteous uh software uh engineers in estonia with their genius skype invention yeah, yeah i got marshall brown aboard from columbia south carolina hey How's it going? Hello. Everybody. Yeah, thanks for having, uh, being aboard. Uh, yeah, I found out more about James Jamerson, you know, the bass man I owe a lot to. He was yeah. He's South Carolina, but it was it's one of these islands. I think it was near Charleston. Really? Yeah, there's some islands, right? I know right near that town they got bridges they go to some. Yeah, yeah, and, there are. It's like, uh, I think, um, well, I can't remember where. There, there's a lot of islands there. Well, I think I, as a boy, he lived there and then, you know, ended up moving to Detroit and, you know, becoming one of the Funk Brothers for all those Motown hits. But yeah. he is a South Carolinian. That's cool, okay. man. So, I, know that. I, I, yeah, owe the, I owe the state of South Carolina big time because that brother, 
I mean, I think all of us on bass guitar do. Because, and, you know, he came from the stand-up world, yeah. too. So he was inventing, because a lot of, you know, quote, real bass players thought this gimmick that Leo Fender, a guy who didn't even play, well, I play he played a little sax yeah. and some piano. But he invented this for his friends who torn, because no, no vans yet, right? They're tying the fucking dog houses to the top of station wagons. So it was kind of a necessity <laughs> kind of thing, but it ends up, having its own trip and and find in fact i think it's still finding itself so thank you mr jamerson you ended up in uh, socal and that base that fender p we don't know where it is someone stole yeah. it it says funk on it i think at the bottom where the, really? uh, the button is where the strap or it's somewhere yeah. written on there funk because funk you know is a sex word but yeah, it's a music like like rock and roll is a sex word shit. But let's 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 talk about your story, man. Marshall, please tell me your earliest music re recollection. Um, my earliest music recollection. Well, I was uh, I'm you know I'm born and raised in the South in the Bible Belt, so I did have uh, some like church experience um, when I was young. Like uh, singing and all, I, I often like um, give my mom credit for like my ear. She's got an ear, and I always like stood next to her in church, and she was always singing the harmony. She was never singing what everybody else was singing. Um, right, so she wasn't feel, on the root, right? She's yeah. So I so I from that, and I guess it was really in middle school, and um. Really listened to a lot of oldies before that because that's well, what my parents. Well, do, I'm, I'm just asking like you for the earliest memory. So it's church, and you know a yeah. lot of rock and roll comes from church. Like a lot of cats learn to sing, also soul, right? Aretha, Sister sure. Aretha. And I'm wondering about the pad you grew up. Was there any instruments? Um, not really. My family it wasn't a family where they sat around and played instruments or anything. My mom played a little bit of piano, but she really didn't play a lot. My sister also played a little bit of piano, but wasn't real serious about it. So there I was did, there I was a piano in the pad then. What was that now? There was a piano in the pad. There was. There was. And I also, my first guitar, acoustic guitar that I ever got was an old um, acoustic guitar that my mom had. She never really learned how to play. She wanted to learn how to play it and just never got to it. Yeah, but she's waiting for you. So there actually yeah. was two fucking instruments. But you didn't have to go through the hell of piano lessons with a mean teacher. I didn't. I'm, I don't really have any like classical training or anything. I really just kind of picked it up and started playing by ear and learned chords on the guitar and stuff. But I... What you know, about I dabble school? with the piano now, but still don't consider myself a pianist. What about school? Um, Did you... Uh, in the choir or a marching band or shit like that? I, re I really didn't. Um, I, if I would, if I could go back, I probably would. Like, I would have loved to have like, like <laughs> yeah. played string or something. <laughs> well, that's one uh, reason why I always ask that question because I'm hoping that listeners hear this and if they're in a position at the, let's say they're working at a school, let's get the yeah. fucking money into some arts and fucking music. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Okay. I, I feel like. Can you like remember, Marshall? Marshall, can you remember the first record you bought with your own money? Um, you know, it probably. I think it was um, Nirvana, and um, I actually came on that even a little late. I think Kurt had already killed himself when I got into it. Like I was in the probably like the seventh grade. Well, you know what Mr. Wells said. You know, no wine before it's time. So don't worry about yeah. that. You you got yeah. into it when you were supposed to. What about the first gig you ever saw live? 
The first gig, um, I was actually in the seventh grade, like my first show that I went to. I can't believe my parents let me go to it, but we have like a, um, it was a festival that later on they moved to Finley Park downtown, but it used to be, it was, this was the last year, it was at the Bombers Stadium, it was a baseball stadium, and they had a big festival out there, and the headliner was Bush, <laughs> which I was like really into at that time. Well, um, they sounded like Nirvana, right? It did, it did, and it was really cool, because you, you imagine like seventh grade me, and just surrounded by all these people that were yelling out the lyrics and sweating and everyone had their arms, you know, up in the air and yelling. And it was, it was a pretty Whoa. fabulous experience. My first gig was seventh grade too. Me and D boom went and saw T-Rex. Oh man, that is, I'm so jealous. <laughs> Everybody oh, says that. <laughs> yeah. Man, T-Rex could have been my first. I love uh, T-Rex. Look, uh, you said the guitar was sitting around there. Now, did your ma say, yeah. Hey, I was going to learn on this, but I ain't. But I'll give it to you if you get lessons. No, you self-taught yourself. Now, did no, you do it? Yeah. Did you she do it by trying? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying. Yeah, she gave it to me, and I think I did have a few um, older people that I looked up to that like gave me um, just some little pointers, like, "Hey, like this easy Green Day song. You can play that with these four chords," and kind of, you know. And then I just kind of went from there with chord charts and tablature and kind of learned it. Well, the way me um, and D. Boone, uh, we learned off records. Well, me, I had eight track. Man, it was hard because you couldn't lift the fucking needle up and put it back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had to sure. wait for the, because they would divide the total thing by four. That's why it's called eight track, because they're in stereo. There's four programs. Yeah. And so, yeah, in the middle of the tune, it would just cut out and go to the next. You know, you could play them in cars. That's why people liked them and shit. And also, yeah. there wasn't a lot of record machines, so the record companies, I thought, looked, felt a little safer about it. But they didn't sound yeah. too good. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, what about the shit? Now, you're an acoustic, but you probably move up to the electric, right? Yeah, I remember um, I had my first electric guitar. It was one of those, like, um, I think they call it, like, the Strat Pack, but it was a Squire. Um, it was a crappy little guitar, too. I feel like they, they take the Squire line a lot more seriously than they did when it first came out. It was very much a beginner guitar, um, but it was a little, um, the white with the... Um, I guess it was like slightly off white with the white pit guard. It was one of those guys, a little strat. And at the same time I got that, I got a little practice. Well, you fuck you see, you see pack. pictures of Jimmy with the white strat with yeah. the white pit guard. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, and you know, I didn't know when you're young and it's your first guitar, you don't even oh, know yeah, how yeah. crappy it is. It's a, you Look, just realize how crappy it was. <laughs> I got to tell you, Marshall, me and D Boone, our, our first ones was pawn shop, $15 ones. So you, yours was probably like light years. Really? So. <laughs> yeah. I think D Boone's was called, uh, Mel, D Boone's was the melody plus or something. And mine was, uh, taste, really? taste go. Yeah. Here, I want to nice. play uh chestnut checkers.
still time Isn't it a beautiful day
the speed limit. Speed limit. Speed limit. Who obeys the speed limit?
Scott from Pedro Show. Yeah, that was Chess Not Checkers. Marshall Brown. Yeah. Uh, after that, brand new from Huma. Ava. The Hell Beans out of Brighton, England with Scallywag. Now, this is going to come out in December, but you're getting a month early peak, people. Thank you, Hell Beans. 38 Angry Tires. Tigers, sorry. With uh, Menace. Uh, that's one of the Bombas Prendon. In fact, that is Bombas. There's the dude. Bomus, fuck. I'm still saying their name wrong. Uh, <laughs> these dudes like record like, I don't know, 3,000 songs and only did five, six gigs. Oh, in wow. 40 years. Yeah, they're incredible music. Yeah, check it out. Uh, they were on the show a few uh, episodes ago. Instant Nausea Pill Bottle from Bomus Prendon after that. Agnes Steck, Brother Chris in Austin with a, a Hard Jargon. He's learned how to record on his leash, so it's, he says it's much easier. <laughs> <laughs> the Sticks. Now, 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 Sticks here is a Chicago band from the old This is uh, <laughs> nephew Alex Hungtai from uh, Dirty Beaches with his buddy in Russia named Pavel with uh, May-1. Dot Wigan band. You know Dot Wigan? No, I don't. Well, she was one of the sisters in the Shags, 70s band, uh, Philosophy of the World. you got to check that, that out. That sounds now. awesome. Yeah, oh, their sure. father put this band together, and he thought they were going to be, you know, bigger than Cap Beefheart. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Speed Limit 2. And then finally, Spaghetti Eastern from Marshall Brown. Okay, so what about the shit after school? Since you weren't doing a lot of music in school and stuff, what about after where you got the garage band, basement band, uh, bedroom band, whatever? Yeah, um, I played a lot of music in the bedroom. My parents kind of hated it. My, <laughs> my my dad, I think, he always accused me of um, killing animals in my bedroom. That's what he thought it sounded like. <laughs> um, and I'm sure it did sound pretty bad. You know, you know what? Yeah, you know, but you know what a farmer, uh, farmer might tell you? If you want a good crop, use a lot of manure. So <laughs> thank you, go. Pop. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me tell me yeah and um you know eventually there was a point i got in a new amp that was a little louder and i did set up a spot in like our shed that was in the backyard um and uh so i'd go out there and i could be like really loud out in the shed um didn't sound so great in there but i loved it what it about fun what about uh, just pick it up. what about inviting buddies um, that, it came a little later. So in high school, I did have some friends and, um, that I had one that was kind of learning bass, but it was cool. Um, even though he was just learning cause it was just someone to have there to play bass. And we, we learned a lot of Nirvana songs basically is what we did. <laughs> but you had no stick man with the beat in the hand. Um, I did, I did for a while. His buddy, um, played with us and, um, Unfortunately, I don't I don't keep up with those cats anymore that I started out with. Although there was there was another guy that um, a buddy Dustin that I still keep up with. He um, he played uh, some guitar with me, and I always liked playing with him because he could sing and harmonize with me, um, which was just really cool because that wasn't something that I found very often with other people, even that could sing to you know to be able to harmonize, and so that was really cool. Be able to have that. What about um, what about you starting to write your own songs? When that happened? I did that in high school. I remember building up. I had um, 
Tell me your first song you wrote. Can you remember? Oh, man. You want that to hear mine? Awesome. I'll tell you mine. It was what is it? Because I only wrote one as a teenager. Well, maybe two. Yeah. But one I remember for sure is Mr. Bass King of Outer Space. And was about having a bass solo and blowing everybody off the stage. Nice. <laughs> Obviously, I had I, I had issues. Because <laughs> it, it was before the movement and there was a lot of hierarchy in rock bands. And bass and drums yeah. was like where you put your retarded friend. It was like right field in Little League. Yeah. Okay. So tell me, t- tell me about your first song you wrote, if you can remember. Um, it's hard for me to remember really my first song. I do recall a song that I had named um, Lotus Heater um, off of the dudes from, you know, in like the Iliad. Uh, oh, but yeah, I don't really yeah. remember the song. I don't even remember how it went. I just remember Lotus Heater. It, just, it comes to my head. I remember I had a song called that. But you were inspired by like this old Greek story. I guess in a way, um, I think I, I kind of just thought they were cool because they were just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> now, now do these guys, bag. these buddies of yours, did you guys ever do a gig? Um, We didn't really, other than playing at like a party or two. I mean, if that counts. Yeah, that counts. You're in but front that of wasn't people. even really often. Yeah, but really tell, tell me if you can it, remember the first uh, one. Can you remember the first one? The first gig, um, well, I did start a band when I got into college is when I like really started gigging just like around here in Columbia, um, with a band, I was in a band called the Reverie. Um, that's not true actually before that. So I was in a band called exit 101 years ago. Um, <laughs> you know, it reminds it, me of that movie, Monty Python and Holy, what's your favorite color? Brown, no blue. Ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it hit me that the yeah the first band technically was Exit One and One, but I wasn't really I was helping write some songs there, but they weren't really my songs. And then me and the 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 uh, drummer split off with one of my other friends and formed the Reverie, and that was we were playing my songs. Um, well, what was the first Reverie gig like? Um, hard for me to remember, but probably wasn't too many people there. <laughs> Um, although we did play some spots, we played New Brooklyn Tavern and we played back then, um, Art Bar was really kicking. Um, and a lot of those places do have actually a pretty good built in, at that time had a really good built in crowd. Um, so it might not have been too empty, but I'm always nobody. interested in the first gig cause you can only have them once, you know, and was yeah. it a pants shirt? Was it scary? Did they throw shit or did they like carry you up like it was a football game on their shoulders or um, no, it wasn't that glorious. I wish it was that glorious. <laughs> well, then there's the other side, like the throwing cups of piss. Or I'll tell you and, what and really hurts is batteries. Batteries. That's horrible to throw batteries. <laughs> well, maybe throwing them's pretty bad, but getting hit with them is even worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, they're, batteries are too Also spitting. Spitting when uh, you have to operate a machine. Because you yeah. can't guard your mouth. Yeah. Yeah, so they just fly right in there. <laughs> it's disgusting. And, and especially now that we're aware of the, this moment in history, you don't yeah. want to be fucking spitting down somebody's fucking throat. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always curious about the first gigs, you know. That's why. If you can't remember, you can't remember. 
But the the reverie, it sounds like your first. But you're writing songs for these guys. You're playing gigs. Did you yeah. guys ever record? We did. All we really did is we went in and played a. Um, we went to Jam Room Studios. It's still up and running in Columbia, and we did a demo. That we did like three songs. Um, I think you could still even find it. I don't know if it's on. I doubt it. I don't think it's streaming on any streaming services. I, I need to put it up somewhere. I actually was pretty pleased with that um, three-song demo that we recorded as the Reverie. Uh, the songs were kind of cool. I I do listen to it, and I, I can I can tell that I didn't know as much about recording then. Um, just by well, the it was your first time, right? Recorded well, but like I didn't know about like doubling this or that or didn't really know how to record vocals, but they took care of us. You know, they took us in and we recorded three songs in a day. Um, but Marshall, did, it was I, your first time in the art. studio. So how could you know that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, after that point, like about the time the reverie was splitting up, I started recording myself, like all the stuff I have up on my Bandcamp page and it's like streaming on Apple music and Spotify and all, all those, um, all those recordings I recorded myself on like a one of those eight track the Tascam eight track digital recorder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so at that point, like I really fell in love with recording. So it's just weird for me to listen back to that demo because I didn't know nearly well, you what start I, somewhere. I start learning. You know, you gotta start somewhere. I mean, do you jump on a skateboard Absolutely. and start wailing on the ollies? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> you probably take some tumbles first, right? But it, but it is cool listening to the demo because I, I still am very proud of it. Well, that's why I like that's why I like to talk about because you know everybody's got a beginning and it seems like everybody's got their own way of finding out where they're going with music. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that's why I find it very interesting. Uh, we're at the first hour of the right. November 15, twenty twenty edition of the Life of Peter Show. Special guest Marshall Brown. Hold tight for hour two. November 15, 2020, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
Dancing when I was twelve. I was dancing when I was out. I was dancing when I was out. Dance myself right out the world. Dance myself right out the womb. Is it strange to dance so soon? I dance myself right out the womb. I was dancing when I was eight. 
I was dancing when I was eight Is it strange to dance so late Is it strange to dance so late Oh Dance myself into the tomb I Dance myself into the tomb Is it strange to dance so soon I Dance myself into the tomb Is it wrong to understand The fear that dwells inside a man What's it like to be alone I liken it to a balloon myself out of the womb I dance myself out of the womb Is it strange to dance so soon Dance myself into the tomb
leave our show, we start the second hour off with Marshall Brown doing Dr. Spelling, no, Dr. Selling Apples. And the S yeah. people at the end of that title is a money sign. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. Okay. Well, it's, you know, it's hard for them to know that, right? If I don't speak about it. Sam Bennett, the Birmingham guy, but he's been in Tokyo now 25 years. Turn and tumble, roll and rumble. He was uh, my last guest Friday night. A sea level from Cleveland with Wherever I Go, Alter Destiny, Seven Orbits, and ZD Remix from Goose. And DJ Scotchie, brother Shige, he went to Shanghai and uh, collab with the cat over there named Goose. Uh, Nick Cave, um, John Worcester was on the show last week. And really? uh, this is something where, just out of nowhere, hey, will you play drums for this recording with Nick Cave? Right, the, uh, the man with the biggest forehead in the music business. <laughs> <laughs> and they did a T-Rex song, Cosmic Dance. Marshall Brown, finally. Art School Blues. There was a great, the only jam record I like is that first one, and the great song called This Is a New Art School, or maybe yeah. that's the chorus. And, uh, yeah, do, do what you want, because this is a new art school, you know? But then you are uh, like the art school blues. Yeah, that song is kind of a, it's, it kind of goes through sections where the sections kind of change, and it adds like some kind of weirdness. Um it was kind of, I felt like the song was kind of just like a silly kind of just experimentation project. Um, at that time, I actually, I had just gotten a new keyboard um, that I was using to add a lot of like piano and add a lot of dimension, different dimensions to my recordings. That keyboard was good to me. It's, it's crapped out now. But um, it was a, around the time I was recording that album, it, that keyboard was really important to what I was doing. It allowed me a little more freedom to do some weirder stuff i think it's got like a like a harpsichord sound on there <laughs> which it's kind of hard to find a harpsichord patch that sounds legit. actually not in the old days like me yeah. and boom this is why we never play with keyboards they cost so fucking much but univox had yeah. one that faked a piano harpsichord and clavichord yeah and i think you can kind of hear it on that stevie wonder superstition yeah, yeah, the clav sound. And also, there was a trippy ass synthesizer the size of a fucking living room called Totem. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Tonto. Tonto's. In fact, there was an album that these two guys made that ran that motherfucker. Uh, Tonto's uh, some kind of headband. And it's a yeah. trippy thing. Yeah, Larry Mellon's turned me on to I think it's in England now. I mean, it's the size of a fucking room, you know? It's huge. Uh, yeah. But. I'm curious. So as a composing tool, of course, you probably started with guitar, but now you've yeah. switched over to keyboard. Yeah, I've, I've incorporated, I like to incorporate some keys and stuff. And, you know, like I said earlier, I don't consider myself a pianist in any way. Like I'm not, I'm not like great at it. A lot of times when I'm recording, you know, I have to do it 50 times to get it right the way I want it. <laughs> Be a lot quicker if I was a little more uh, uh, together with it. But, 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 but uh, are you still using the Tascam machine? Um, I'm not now. Um, everything, like I said, that's on the Bandcamp page um, was with that, but, but I am working on, I'm hoping that I got a four track EP that's pretty much mastered and I've got a, um, but it was recorded on my computer. I've got an iMac at the house. Um, and, um, 
recording on that now. Um, which is cool, you know, in ways, you know, it gives me a lot more flexibility, obviously, but I, I'm, I'm glad that I learned on that eight track cause I learned so many things just like how to function. If you, I mean, if you can, you get really got to go around your elbows to get to your ass on one of those eight track digital machines, but I did a lot of editing and a lot of production on that machine. So it just, it, uh, I feel like it made me ready to go to the computer and you know, I, I got to tell the flesh. listeners about this. You got to understand those machines, they got a little gray window with some little fucking numbers maybe, but you don't have yeah. the graphic representation like a Pro Tools or Logic no. kind of trip yeah. where you can move stuff around. It, it's quite a skill to learn that kind of stuff. Yeah, right? it's it's literally like anytime you want to like edit a track or something, like you literally have to make points, like a point A and a point B yeah. to like copy and paste it or something. Right. And then, you know, you're moving it to whatever second in the song that you need to move it to. There's no click and drag or anything like that. It's, it's real. Yeah. But, but, but I gotta say, Marshall, like when you were more younger with that acoustic guitar, you learn by doing. Exactly. Okay. I want to play a Dalmatia rock.
Pedro Show, you heard, I just want to play, and in parentheses, R&R, and I'm thinking that's more rock and roll than rest and relaxation. 
It is. Marshall Brown. And before that was Silver Thing. Made in Heaven. Deep in the Woods. 66 had Dublin with, oh my God, Bumbo Puto. No, not Puto, fuck. <laughs> <Can't you know? laughs> Pluto and the planet. Or it ain't a planet anymore, right? Yeah, planet toyed. Yeah, tiny guy. Ova. Ova is uh, ovary, right? Yeah, egg. Egg. Oof. Uh, molted black lightning-like ray strange dog acid. Yeah, okay, that's a title. I think they're from Philippines. And we started off with the shows doing Dalmatia rock. Now, Dalmatia, we got a lot of uh, Slav, um, Croatia immigrant population here in Pedro. And yeah. that's what they call the coast. Oh, really? I wouldn't Dalmatia? shit you, Marshall. I would not shit you on the lot from Pedro. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know the dog with the white and the black spots is white. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of nervous. Fire, fireman, right? Yeah, 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 right. Okay, okay. Tell me about the shows. So, yeah, so it's technically shows, although I will say it's confusing because our um, <laughs> shows.bandcamp, I think, was taken, so we're the shows on Bandcamp, and then our Instagram um, handle is no more shows. So it definitely can be confusing. Well, what should <laughs> yeah, I, show, Marshall, what, what should I put shows. on the, what should I put on the playlist? Um, shows. Okay. Tell me how this band got together. Yeah. So it really was, um, so Dylan Dickerson, um, uh, who's a friend of yours and a friend of mine. Um, we had back a, a while back, I guess, like way earlier in the year, we had done a, um, a little song together. It was actually a song that I wrote. And he came over. He had just gotten him a new Vox keyboard. He was wanting to test out. So he came on. And I just kind of got the idea. I was like, why don't we just do this little song I wrote and kind of finished writing the verses. And we recorded it together um, and just released it under Marshall Brown and Dylan Dickerson. Um, but that was, I don't collab a whole lot, really. I'm so used to doing everything myself. Yeah. So that was really refreshing working with him. And then um, Dylan just came to me and was like, hey, man, my friend Brett Nash um, from Charleston. And he's in band, a lot of bands down there. But Secret Guest is his, uh, I think it's like his main gig. He's been um, on the show. Yeah, he's been on the show as well. So Dylan came to me and was like, dude, you got a song you want to throw in together with these two songs? He sent me like little iPhone recordings of a song, this Delusion of Fountain Cup and, um, and Brett's song, which is Dalmatian Rock. And they were just like little iPhone recordings, like barely written. Um, and we, I was like, yeah, man, I, I have, I have a lot of songs kind of put back for the future that some of them kind of have a place where I might want them like on a record or something with they fit with other songs. And I have some that are just kind of outliers. And I picked that one, um, uh, which was uninvited, which is my song. And then we just kind of had a day and really slammed Dalmatian rock, um, which very quickly we started feeling like, you know, this is the song and wanted to title the EP Dalmatian rock. Um, great song by Brett. Um, but uh, we got together and just kind of together, like kind of finished writing. I think Brett had a, some of, of an idea for like a bridge to the song. And um, so we just kind of hit it hard and spent a day, recorded the drums, recorded the bass and one guitar and then got um, Brett's lead vocal on it. And then it was a second session um, and we had recorded the drums for Delusion of Fountain Cup to that same day, uh, Dylan's song. And then had another session where we came in and just um, filled everything out. I got Brett to, um, and we're just recording this at my house um, with my equipment. But we um, got Brett to, you know, double some guitars here and there. And um, and then I laid down some background vocals on Dalmatian Rock, got Dylan's vocals on it. It just was really, uh, really just kind of happened out of us just having fun. 
and enjoying working with each other because um, I think we all kind of have a good respect for each other as musicians. And um, I think we, we all three are somewhat artists that like really don't do a lot of collaboration. So it was really just kind of refreshing just to have, you know, some other good musicians to work with and write and write with. And, um, and, you know, we tried to divvy up all the parts. So generally if like on Dalmatian rock, Dylan's actually playing drums, which he doesn't even normally play so, drums. So but what you're telling works. me is the shows kind of started off as a recording prize. Yeah, for sure. Okay. We're at the end of the second sure. hour, November 15, 2020 edition. Watt Pedro show special guest, Marshall Brown, hold tight for hour three. November 15, 2020, it's the third hour. The Watt from Pedro Show. I can piece together rhymes as long as I have reason. I can write a pretty song and open mailing season. I can sweep you off your feet if you work tired. Yeah. 
speak and how to keep silence, take pleasure subjecting himself to severe hardness, and has reverence for all that is severe and hard. In my breast, says an old Scandinavian saga, thus rightly expressed from the soul of a proud Viking. Such a type of man is even proud of not being made for sympathy. The hero of the saga therefore adds warningly, He who has not a hard heart when determining the course of the world by relation to it. The noble and brave who think thus are the furthest removed from the morality that sees precisely in sympathy or in acting for the good of others or in desintermont the characteristic nor can we even infer from them to it. It is the power that we know how to make. It is their art, their domain of the operations of human art. The relation and these things to the moral purpose. We don't have to tell of progress in the future and are more in bonking than respect. can only be represented by an idea which theoretically have a purpose. It's a little vivid section of the film. Well, after admitting the authority of this concept idea of a perpetual source being a due to standing that we cannot so as regarded as for or in so's realization, this conception would have no value. The employment of the term nature on the discordance between morals and politics agreeing to its origin. A German who would embolden himself with two souls, alas, dwell in my breast, would make a bad guess at the truth, or more correctly, he would come far short of the truth about the number of people. Not from the religious point of view, for a manifest authority this conception of duty must keep within the state of things arranged by nature opposition for those who live and act upon the stage of her great theater. An opposition can only arise between them when the science of morals is regarded as a general doctrine of prudence or expedience. Thereafter, we shall consider the manner in which this guarantee the means most conducive for the attainment of useful and advantageous objects. And this amounts to denying generally that there is a science of morals. In this relation, mainly in these politics may be regarded as saying be wise, i.e. prudent. that come here into view are truly wonderful. It is true that saying thus honesty is the best holes I see waste and surrounding the theory which emotionally is very often by practice which the reindeer scrape
scrapes forth and yet from beneath the snow, in order that it may itself be food, is better than or that it may be yoked is the sledge of the Ostiak, or the Samoyan, and it is even to and be in like manner, honor in wilderness is of sand, of all barren though they be, do yet contain the county, which appears to have been created from traveling through them. In order that they might not be left to Jupiter, unusually limiting divinity of force, still more distinctly does the design appear when we come to know how, along with the fur-clad animals on the shores of the they were more complete in the light of the final also implies the same as more complete beasts. Practical man, corruption, as the indication of morals is here to break out among the instincts and the foundation of the emotion as called life is convulsed, is something radically different according to the organization in which it manifests itself. When instincts and aristocracy like that of France at the beginning of the revolution flung away its privileges with sublime disgust after men of its moral sentiments, it was and iron were discovered, which were perhaps the first articles that were sought far and near, and which in the end even to its decoration and parade dress. A problem may be attained, or such a path could be in as nature has provided so that men could thus be able to live everywhere on the earth. She has likewise, at the same time, despotically willed that they shall live everywhere upon us, although against their own inclination, even without any idea of duty being connected with this determination through a moral law. On the contrary, she has chosen the war as the means of attaining to this end. In point of fact, we see certain peoples whose unity of descent is made known by the unity of their language far divided from each other. Thus, the Samoyeds on the Arctic Ocean are of the same race as other tribes speaking a similar language a thousand miles away from this in the Altaian Mountains. After the Another race of Mongolian origin, equipped with horses and of a warlike character, having pressed in between them, and having thus driven the former apart from the latter, when the most inhospitable regions, whither their own inclination certainly never considered state which has once entered into in like manner the Finns in the northernmost tract of Europe where they are called laps to the judgment of other states as to how shall their existence like those sun-seeking climbing plants in Java they are called Supernatador which encircle an oak so long and so often with their arms of strong at last high above it but supported by it as they can unfold their America of the Eskimo 
Thus, every series is highly distinct from all the other American tribes, which would be animals and rights, and the actual right, or in the same may be said, more cosmopolitical right. It is all very different, practical idea, and possible even as the fundamental principle of Nature has thus used war as the means of getting the earth everywhere populated. War, however, requires no special motive for its explanation. It appears to be ingrafted on human nature, and is even regarded as noble in itself, man being stimulated to move by the love of glory without regard to selfish interests. Thus, martial courage, not only among the American savages, but even among Europeans in the age of chivalry, was considered to be of great value in itself, not merely in time of war, as was right enough, but just because it was war, and thus war was often entered upon merely to show off this quality. An inherent dignity was thus attached to war itself, so that even the philosophers have glorified it as giving a certain nobleness to humanity. Mindful of the Greek saying, war is bad in that it makes more bad people than it takes away. So much that in reference to what nature does in carrying out her own design in regard to the human race as a class of her creatures. As to what is the essential meaning and aim of this design of a perpetual peace, it may be put thus: What does nature do in this respect with reference to the end which man's own reason presents to him as a duty, and consequently, what does she do for the furtherance of its moral purpose? And further, how does she guarantee? Which is man ought to do as a according to the ideas of freedom, and yet does not do. Now, it would manifestly by him to that political expediency which is agreement with the interest to destroy the existing elements of national and cosmopolitical union before there was a better constitution ready to take their place. And hence, it would be absurd to demand that every imperfection in the constitution should be at once violently removed. It may, however, be reasonably required that the maxim of the necessity of such an alteration should be consciously recognized by the civil power. In order that it may continue to make constant approximations to the end of realizing the Constitution that is passed according to the laws of right, instead of us govern itself even in a republican way. And this may go on until the people gradually become capable of being in. Influenced by the mere idea of the authority of the law, as if it possessed the physical power of the state, and consequently came to be capable of legislating for themselves, which is the mode of government originally founded upon right. Still more so to maintain. But if, through the violence so much of revolution caused by the evils of the, the realization of a true and more lawful constitution, would be like a state formed by angels, even in a wrong way, because men. With their selfish it would no longer be proper to hold it permissible to bring back people to the old constitution. Although in these circumstances, the revolution by violence nature comes to the aid of the rational and universal will of man, which is attached to revolution, honored in itself, 
as regards the external relations of the states, and it however, does this one just state by means cannot of be called upon by another to give up its constitution. Thus, although it may be a despotic turns only upon a good it is likely, therefore, to be the stronger in relation to external enemies, so long as the powers of the state run the danger of being suddenly swallowed up by each other. The one will check the destruction when any such idea was made, it or nullifies it. And hence, the result will be as reason the same as if these forces did not exist when their evil effects are thus neutralized in despotism. And man, although not possessed of real moral goodness, yet becomes constrained citizen. The problem of the institution of a state, however hard it may appear, would not be insoluble even for a race of devils, assuming only that they have intelligence. And it may be put as follows. A multitude of rational beings, all requiring laws in common for their own preservation, and yet of such a nature that each of them is inclined secretly to accept I took my head for its midnight walk Oh no, it hadn't been outside in days I kept a leash by my side But it wasn't quite tight And I lost it So now I'm wandering the countryside
Pedro Show started the third hour off with Marshall Brown doing an old one. People yeah. like me off air. Love and War slash Fool's Gold. Then Wasted Space. It's a crane. Uh, Dirk Vandenberg, Charles, John Rocknowski, and their, their, their buddy Charlie a long time ago. And he's been. Uh, Flowing me, uh, uh, I guess you call it archive. Yeah. Maybe that's where like uh, Love and War Fool's Gold is from. <laughs> music. <laughs> After that was Perpetual Peace from Music with My Insane Friend. <laughs> <laughs> or My Insane Music with My Friend. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis Cole after that, Like a Match. And finally, Uninvited from the shows. So the shows... <laughs> I was yeah. wondering if the shows did any shows. 
We haven't. It really kind of, we ended up naming ourselves that because it was just kind of funny to us because everyone's saying, I miss shows because no one's really playing right now because of COVID. Um, it's, well, we're playing, but we just ain't doing it in front of people. Exactly, yeah. And Because um, you would so not believe kinda, all the recording I'm doing these days. Yeah. Also, yeah, you would not believe how much collabs and stuff because of the internet and trading files. Yeah. And it, it is really cool. I've seen, like, with COVID and everything, I have seen a lot of artists, like, come together and do more things like that. It's been interesting to see how, you know, different things that artists have been doing because the times are a little different and that people have been adapting and doing things a little different with, like, live streams and stuff. Um, and uh, just trying to keep busy any way they can. I think it's been real interesting. Well, well, think about it, man. And when you take it for granted, like when things mm -hmm. are a little healthier and you got bar bands just doing top 40, they're taking that opportunity that you can play in front of people and just filling up space while people drink. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think maybe we'll think about how important it is, but the shit, because how technology is made recording stuff, you kind of look at that. You can do whole albums and shit or EP in your, your yeah. pad, you know? It ain't uh, all bad days. Bad, yeah, bad new right. days is what I should say, right? You're right, and it's good to be positive. And yeah, yeah. And, keep, and, keep trying to work. And I'll tell you this. It kind of is hard for me to write at a gig. Hard for me to write on tour. I like doing yeah. gigs. I like doing tour. But I have to do it kind of in the bunker. Yeah. So, uh, what, you got future plans for shows? Um, we do, we actually, so we just put out that EP, uh, Dalmatian Rock, we put that out, uh, it actually officially came out on streaming services and on bandcamp.com on, um, Friday, this last Friday, and we actually have some, um, tapes, cassette tapes of the EP that you can order on, um, on theshows.bandcamp.com, yeah. uh, so those are for sale. We don't have a lot of them. So if you want it, you better get it. What about this um, tune? Uh, yeah, but digitally they could get you shit. What about yeah. the Uninvited? How did how did that come? You didn't talk about that one. Yeah, so that one was the, th it's the third song on the EP. That was my song that I brought to the table. Um, it was a little more of a slow burner. It was kind of the last one we really um, worked on. Just because we were working at, at my house, so I knew I could go and kind of get that ready later. Um, and it was one, um, I actually went and did the 12-string guitar and the acoustic guitars all ahead of time. And then Brett came in, um, you know, came back in a different session and overdubbed the drums over it. And he actually also played bass on that one. And, um, um, and then I had a good friend of mine, Jared Pirates, who plays in... Um, King Vulture, he's played in a lot of bands in Columbia, um, but King Vulture has been his latest. Um, and uh, we got, we sent him the track, and he recorded at his house and did put the guitar solo on that, uh, which is really cool. So we're happy to have him and let him be a part of it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's more of like a kind of a slow burner song, but I think it's really pretty. And we got, uh, it's kind of a lush arrangement. Um, Dylan sings a background vocal on that one, harmonizing with me. Um, it was a fun, it was a fun one to do. It was one that I kind of, that song I had on my back burner. 
Yeah. For a while. Well, I really, was wondering. Wow. Uninvited to me sounds like the bum rush. Now, we're going to leave yeah. the show world and go back to Marshall Brown world. I want to play Rare Birds. Right on.
See, I just figured the square foot of chocolate cats were telling the truth. It's well worth the mile. Chocolate cats were telling the
La for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. We started off with Rare Birds from Marshall Brown, Mentalum with the sound, Hi Maya, Hydrogen Hover, The Side Effects of Falsehood. Uh, that's live there. Alan uh, Ravenstein from uh, the original Perubu was in that, this project. He told me he joined, they made this, him and his buddy made this band. He was going yeah. to school. At Ohio State, and those kids got killed at Kent State. He said, "Fuck, I'm gonna make a, I want to make music." Yeah. He said he quit school. Then uh, finally, my love to lose you to the ocean from Marshall Brown, and uh, yeah, very heartfelt. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, something like the shows, like yeah, what I brought, you know. Yeah. Versus Marshall Brown, where you know this petri dish. This is my experiment. This is that's why you use your name, right? Yeah, that's right. But, yeah, it's a. I've always, I've always kind of regretted that I didn't make more of like a band name for myself, even though it is just me. But I got so far into it, which is going as Marshall Brown. I figured I'd just stick with that. Yeah, th- and also this way we know who to blame. <laughs> that's right. It's all on me. And you know, you, it's funny you say that because I actually no, kinda, but that's kinda, why I, that's why I call. Oh, say, say it again, Marshall. I was just saying I kind of like doing most everything like myself um, for that reason because I kind of like to even sometimes I'll know like, you know, I know a player that could do this piano line a lot quicker and maybe better. But there's something I don't know. I just I like I like having a stab at it and it just being mine. There's something about that that, um, and you know, I, I take. Like you said, all the blame. <laughs> Anything that could have been better is my fault. No, one, I, I, I was going to tell you that that's yeah. how you can tell one of my projects is like I'm the shot caller because I'll put my name in it, like the missing yeah. man or the second. You know, I don't blame those guys. I take the blame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I'm collabing with somebody, we'll use a neutral name, you know, like. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, whatever. I'm doing one with Tom Herman right now, one of the original uh, Perubu guitar players called Ship to Shore. And nice. Tom Herman, I have so much respect for. I could not imagine. Oh, Mike Watt and Tom Herman. No, let's give yeah. it a, a name so it's kind of a, this collab. But so, what is it going as? Ship What's to shore. Ship to shore. Because nice. he's on the shore of uh, Lake Ontario, right, or Lake Erie, Cleveland. That's okay. I got Lake you. Erie, and then I'm on the Pacific Ocean here in Pedro. Yeah. So you can get to him because of the Erie Canal. You know, the Atlantic yeah. Ocean goes up the Hudson River to Erie Canal into Lake Erie. So, yeah. and then Atlantic Ocean through Panama Canal goes Pacific, goes to Pedro. So, you actually could. Wow. <laughs> it would, especially in a kayak, it would take a little time. But Yeah, for sure. So what's, what's your next? Where can people find you on? I mean, you gave them a hint about the band, uh, T H E S H O W S dot bandcap dot com. Yeah, so that's the shows, and then mybandcamp.com is, uh, it's just uh, marshallbrown.bandcamp.com. Um, is there a Marshall and, Brown website? Um, technically, <laughs> technically, you can go to marshallbrownmusic.com, but it's just going to route you to the Bandcamp page. Okay. <laughs> You'll get to uh, it. But all that stuff is yeah. on all the streaming services as well. There's a lot of material on there. At least you own that URL. No motherfucker is like squatting on it. Yeah, like I had exactly. to get mine from some. I got it. Yeah, I had to get mine from some asshole who was not named Mike Watt. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. Why you do that? I know why they do that. So you have to buy it from them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So, and, and what are you looking at next? More Man Alone? What's that now? As far as music. Uh, more Man Alone or, or more collabs? More work um, with uh, uh, Grant? I am. Uh, I am looking forward to pushing pushing forward with um, shows because I, I do think we're we're planning on maybe sometime soon maybe doing a um, another like little EP, um, which I'm looking forward to that. We have like some ideas for songs we might use for that. Um, I'm also I am working on um, a lot of stuff for my solo project. I've got. Um, a four track EP that I'm hoping to have out maybe by the end of the year, but might wait till after the holiday and just release it um, like early next year. And then I also have a full length that I'm tying up. I'm about to get some strings players in. Um, when you get that full length done, will you come back on the show and let's play it and talk about it? I would love to. We're, to, we're probably to. talking about the spring, right? Yeah. Okay. And maybe, maybe. Um, Maybe it'll be a nice spring. I think we're not going to be out of the woods with COVID, really. But we'll see how we'll yeah. see how how it goes. Big honor to yeah. have you on the show, oh, Marshall. Yeah. I love to hear a guy that's inspired wants to fucking do music. Absolutely, <laughs> big love. So until that next time, you keep right on, on. keeping on, please, people. It's been the November 15, twenty twenty dish swap Pedro show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>